Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. I'm your host as always, Alex, and it's really good that you guys can join us today. A little bit of a change up in the uh, in the lineup today. Dave isn't around at the moment, but stepping in in his place is a good friend of the Jedi Council, extended member of the family, uh, Mr. Ali Clark. Say hello, Ali. Hi, all the people out there. It's lovely to be here. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we've known each other for a while, haven't we? Yeah, so Ali and I go way back. Uh, we worked together in like the uh, mid 2000s, give yeah, or take. Ten uh, years ago. Ten years ago, uh, feeling nice and old. Um, and we've been really good buddies ever since. So it's nice of him to get on board with the Jedi Council. He's a, he's a, he's a massive Star Wars fan, obviously, otherwise he wouldn't be here. Um, so it's nice of him to, to kind of join us to step in in replacement of Dave. And the reason why I've actually got Alien involved rather than Dave is that we're actually going to give you guys a bit of a special podcast today. It's going to be talking about Rebels. We all know that Season 4 has just recently wrapped up. So Ali and I are jumping on today and hopefully you guys are going to come along with the ride to basically go through Rebels, have a bit of a chit-chat all the way through from Series 1 as a bit of a catch-up. But we're really going to deep dive into the finale episodes and I, I, you know, off the bat, I thought it was awesome. Yeah, me too. I mean, it was really incredible. I mean, I think... After the last film, some people's expectations weren't met, I think it's fair to say. But I think... <laughs> yeah, I, let's I, not get I, into yeah, that. Let's not get into that. But I think, I think universally, people are delighted with the way that it finished, the way that it continued the story. It felt very Star Wars-y. Yes, and totally. you know, it gave you the shiver at the end where you heard those end credits and you just thought, this is Star Wars. Yeah, and, and the reason why, guys, we're not going to jump into The Last Jedi is if Ali's name sounds very familiar, uh, he wrote an, an amazing article for us, and it's up on the Jedi Council website, uh, where he's actually in favour of the film. Obviously, Dave and I have had, I think it was over 200 minutes of conversation, which some of you have joined us along the ride for, where we discussed the movie. Um, and just to kind of, we're, got, we're actually going to try and do a part three, where we're going to try and get... Ali uh, and a couple of other members of the Jedi Council as well talking about The Last Jedi because it's still causing debate even today, even now. Um, you know, we saw the recent news, as it were, about Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrahams basically not agreeing, I think. If, uh, definitely. Maybe. I mean, it does, it does sort of temper what I thought about after I saw the film, in all honesty. Yeah. Because what you'd like to think is that there is a plan that they've sort of said, this is the character development arc, this is what's going to happen. And to find out that Rian Johnson just basically tore up a script and decided this is how it's going to go. Whilst w watching the film, you sort of knew it was happening. I, I kind of countered that with, I didn't know what was happening, this is the next thing, and you know I wanted to see progression. But you look back now and you sort of think to yourself, actually, I'd like to have seen it as a saga, like the originals. And I think that that's something that a lot of fans, uh, you know, guys, if you want to hear Dave and I go wax Liverpool about how the way we feel about it, jump onto SoundCloud, jump back onto YouTube, uh, iTunes, you know, download the podcast, have a listen. But I think that's a really th good thing to say in that there are people out there that like the film like Ali did. But when you hear these things, it makes you think and start to question what is going on with that saga. You know, The Last Jedi should have been part two of three the way it was positioned, the way it kind of wrapped up to a certain extent, it was actually part one of one to a yeah. certain extent. You know, yeah. it, it does take a lot of the theme, obviously, from The Force Awakens. But nevertheless, we're still in a position where everyone's questioning what the hell is going to happen in episode nine. Yeah. And, and of course, it will uh, link into Rebels at various points throughout this conversation, which is very interesting. And that's a great way to circle back to Rebels, because when you think about it, the way that season four has tied many loose ends from the beginning of episode, episode one, sorry, season one of yeah. Rebels, 
all the way through, there's a very different approach. And, you know, throughout this podcast today, guys, you're going to hear me and Ali in particular as well actually rave about how amazing we think Dave Filoni is. Oh, yeah. The guy, he gets Star Wars. You know, he was educated by the master of Star Wars, the man, the legend that is George Lucas. So his knowledge and understanding of how the, the saga should develop and the storyline from the Clone Wars, uh, again, I'm sure that will come up in conversation today many a time as well, all the way through to the way that Rebels ended, just emphasises how he gets what Star Wars should be. Uh, and there's a lot of conversation at the moment around maybe he should be running, you know, Lucasfilm. I, I mean, I, I, I completely subscribe to that. I mean, if I look at it, and um, as someone who did really, really enjoy the last film, I kind of watch Rebels, and you've watched the last four episodes and the last two weeks and you realise what could have been and I think that could be a frustration for many I'll call them devoted Star Wars fans the people who I'm one of them I'm sticking my hand up here yeah. guys that's yeah. me <laughs> because, because I am I'm a massive Star Wars fan you know I've been to Disneyland I've seen the parade but I'm someone who watches the films yeah well I, you know you're a Disney fan yourself sir. I'm a massive Disney fan <laughs> don't forget I'm the unofficial correspondent of the Disney parks well, for the Jedi Council so well, I'll, I'll look to take that off <laughs> <laughs> and um, and so you know but I compared to these guys I, I've read a couple of the books but I'm also one who watches the cartoons watches the films is interested in how is a lightsaber built I want to know that sort of material which is fascinates me in the lore and then you you sort of think about what happened and and what's canon and what's not canon now. And that's what really intrigues me, particularly what happened in Rebels and some of the, the Jedi mm. skills that you saw happen. And I think, that's again, it kind of loops back to the way that Rebels is a continuation of, A, not just the storyline that we're all very familiar with from, let's, let's put it bluntly, all nine films. And I'm going to include Rogue One in that as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's also a continuation of some of the expanded universe that was obviously discarded by Disney when they bought out Lucasfilm, that's now Legends. We've seen things being introduced, and we'll kind of go into detail a little bit more, but let's just take Thrawn as a prime example of that. The way that EU has influenced the way the new canon is going. Yeah. I think some of it, arguably, is probably fan service. Uh, I'm not going to lie. Thrawn was a massive, massive uh, story arc back in the day when it was just the novels. There were so many devoted fans to Thrawn, and Dave Filoni probably saw that. And probably thought, you know what, I'm going to throw him into Rebels. Mm. A, because it fits in very well with the actual EU timeline of yeah. who he was and what he did, how he was paddy with the Emperor, etc. And he saw that and thought, this is an amazing opportunity. And I was in Star Wars uh, Celebration in London when they announced Thrawn was going to be in part of Rebels Season 3. And I was with Dave, we were sitting next to each other, and we both nearly fell off of our chairs because it was such an amazing reaction and the crowd went mental. What I think is really interesting about that as well, and obviously you're a certain type of Star Wars fan if you're listening to this podcast, but I wasn't someone who knew about him because True. I haven't read yeah. the books. You didn't have the backstory. Exactly. Didn't yeah, and yeah, all yeah. of a yeah. sudden, I hear at Celebration, this guy's coming in. And I think, who is he? Yeah. I read a little bit about him, but I don't want to know too much. So when I see him on screen for the first time and I hear that menacing the voice, voice yeah. you hear those organs in the background, you think, oh my God. Gosh. It's kind of like Dracula. Yeah. You know, yeah, just exactly. the way the way that you envision the red eyes, and obviously Dracula didn't have blue skin, yeah. but the, <laughs> the, the menacing look, the menacing voice, you know, uh, the to your point, mate, the whole orchestra that kind of happens yeah. when he's in the room. Um, he just has a thing about him, and he had it in the books, and they've really portrayed it well, uh, even through to the new book um, that, that's kind of come out about Thrawn that I've read. Thoroughly enjoyed it. 
but again, it ties in really nicely to the way that he's introduced into um, into the Rebels yeah. show. You know, it was him that orchestrated the governor of Lothar at the end of the series. You know, he orchestrated her becoming that position. Um, so it's good to see that the way that they kind of connected. Yeah, and if you think about just from a character perspective, could you have a better actor than Lars Mikkelsen doing that voice? I mean, you yeah, think man. about yeah. the first, you think about when he was in Sherlock, for example, with Benedict Cumberbatch, and that coolness, that yeah. control, that sort of I have everything planned and I am yeah. learning, <clears throat> and you will not outmaneuver me. Yeah, which of course is so it's interesting drawn. with what it's happens drawn. as yeah. well, though, when you get yeah. to the end of this, because um, obviously yeah. what happens, we'll talk about a bit later. Absolutely, but it's it's it was an incredible decision, and actually, I think throughout this some of the voice acting has just been unbelievably good. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Good. Yeah, and the voices that we've got, you know, everybody knew Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, when he came in as the voice of um, uh, of Kanan. And some of the other, like Vanessa Marshall, was really well known in the Star Wars fan community. As a, she was a massive Star Wars fan. She still is. Um, and her voice as, as Hera was absolutely fantastic. But even some of the newer voices, like Taylor Gray as uh, as Kanan, or sorry, not as Kanan, as Ezra, uh, and then Tia Sakara. As, as the voice of, obviously, um, of Sabine. And it's funny, I, I the first time I saw Tia Sakara was in the in the movie The Internship. Um, and I thought she was a really cool actress, really funny. And the way that she brought the kind of Mandalorian attitude uh, to, to Sabine in particular was, was absolutely fantastic. We're kind of going into the topics we're going to cover in a minute anyway. Uh, <laughs> but... So I'm carrying on with what you and Dave normally Absolutely. do. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. So, so guys, you'll probably know it's probably me. You know, I'm I'm probably the reason why we go off in a tangent. Uh, for those of you that listened to the podcast before, we never ever stay on topic. It doesn't happen. You know, uh, I, we've actually had a podcast, Dave and I, where we went off topic within about thirty seconds. Let alone going down. What are we now? Ten minutes in, yeah. and we're now still still off topic, as it were. Uh, off topic, but on topic yeah. at the same time. So to bring it back on topic, yes. Can I ask <laughs> you a question? Yeah, go for it. I'm going to read you something. Go on. Then. Okay. Yeah. This is a first impression by a critic of the first episode of Rebels. Oh, here we go. Yeah, I can imagine the way this is going to go. Yeah. Unlike the original movie, the series won't be fun for the whole family. But the two-dimensional dialogue, characters and plots should keep sci-fi-minded kids entertained. Now, I know you have a problem with Star Wars being sci-fi. It's not sci-fi. It's not sci-fi. No, it's fantasy. So I want to know what you think about that statement. I, I can understand where he's coming from. Yeah? Because when... Let's take a step back. Rebels aired in 2014 um, after Disney had purchased uh, Lucasfilm straight away the first thing that Disney did was effectively cancel the Clone Wars and that upset a hell of a lot of fans uh, and I'm going to touch on that in a little while guys and I will circle back to that but what you found was that there was this new approach to Star Wars for want of a better phrase that it's going to be on Disney XD mm. the moment you think about Disney XD you think of a child's TV show. Absolutely. You think of a Disney cartoon, you know, is this going to be the Mickey Mouse Club for Star Wars fans? Yeah. It, it, that was the initial impression. And, you know, the first episode in itself, um, it wasn't as good as what it is now. Yeah. Simultaneously, convert that to the Clone Wars. The movie of the Clone Wars was great when it first came out, don't get me wrong, but there was a lot of it that was very different to how the Clone Wars ended, both from a storytelling perspective, but also from a theme perspective. Rebels has grown up. Yeah, it came in, and, and to that critic's point, as a kids' TV show. 
But what they've probably learned is exactly the same things that they learned with the Clone Wars. It's an animated show. It's going to be perceived as a child show. Yeah. Let's not skip back to the fact that when George Lucas first made Star Wars, he made it as a child's film. Yeah. So children could enjoy science fiction. Yeah. Him and his dog. Him and his dog Chewie. Uh, so it's it's you know the, the whole kind of mindset of, of the modern day fan is that it should actually be catered for grown ups, which it shouldn't. It should be catered for everybody to enjoy, yeah. um, and that's something that I think Rebels eventually understood. Yeah. So his initial, you know, I, I can totally understand where he's coming from. Now looking back, he's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> let's be true. honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Let's be honest, he's wrong. But the thing that gets me to your point, Ali, that you made out that you know I'm a staunch defender of the fact that Star Wars isn't a sci-fi film. No. Um, and without bringing in The Last Jedi, <laughs> which I'm going to do, <laughs> The Last Jedi is a decent sci-fi movie. Yeah. It's not a decent Star Wars film, or even a decent fantasy film. It's yeah. a decent sci-fi film. I mean, I'm a big sci-fi fan, so I can completely understand where you come yeah. from in that. You know, I, I, but but I do think that is that also shows that critic is sort of the misconception of, of a lot of people when it comes to Star Wars because they do mm. think it's sci-fi, which is why you get Star Wars versus Star Trek. Absolutely, Whereas and Stargate. Yeah, and I actually think they're different things. Oh, they're very different. I think, I think they're very different. Yeah. And so what, what I find interesting about the beginning of Rebels was, was that it brought in completely new characters. So when you start Clone Wars, we know Obi-Wan. We mm. know the characters. We know roughly where this is going to end. That, yeah, you always know. Uh, you know, Clone Wars was set between Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Yeah. So we knew... Obi-Wan would survive. We knew Anakin Skywalker would survive. We knew General Grievous was going to survive. We All these variables we knew, yet they still managed to keep us, for the most part, on the edge of your seat, week in, week out. Absolutely. And, and they brought in some amazing mythology and yeah. lore, which then has been expanded upon very recently in Rebels. Absolutely. And, you know, personally, I'm sure we'll t- touch on more this, but they, they were my favourite episodes Man, in the, the Clone Wars. Yeah, the Mortis trilogy was special. Yeah, uh, it could have been a film in itself. Well, if you think if you're looking at three three episodes of 22 minutes each, you're looking at what 66 minutes. That's a short movie. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, DC release animated movies of Batman, Superman, etc. They're only pretty much 70, 75 minutes. And of course, it was one of the concepts that George Lucas himself came up with and really wanted in there, which is why it's so interesting when you come to Rebels that it circles back. Yeah. To where it was. Well, it's one of the things that reemerges with Star Wars, uh, whether that be the movies, the books, it's, the, it's the, the circular motion of the story, for want of a better phrase. It's the looping back to things that have happened before. Yeah. The same themes reoccurring. It's, it's what makes Star Wars special and it makes it, you kind of know where it's going to go, but then you maybe even don't know where it's going to go. Which is what I loved about the last film, of course. Well, <laughs> that's a very well the way that it went. It shouldn't have gone that way uh, at all. But let's not get into that. Um, as you can see, guys, Ali and I obviously have conflicting views on on the Last Jedi, and we will get into that on a podcast at some point. But nevertheless, I think we both agree that Rebels uh, was an amazing addition. Outstanding, yeah, an amazing addition to the Star Wars universe. So, quick tale of the tape. Uh, I touched on this earlier on. Rebels first came on the air in October 2014. Uh, the last episode for those in the US was in March 2018. So as you can tell by our voices, we're in the UK. Um, and at the moment, the final episode hasn't actually aired in the UK. Um, but we were lucky enough to have found ways to have seen the last few episodes. Yeah. Um, uh, so Rebels itself was set 14 years after episode three, mm-hmm. uh, finishing 
if we're thinking four seasons, four years, I think that's the assumption we're making. Yeah. Uh, 18 years after episode three, which is effectively two years before episode four, which is an obviously two years before Rogue One. So obviously the reason why I bring Rogue One into this is because we know that Hera um, is General Sendola yep. in Rogue One. We don't see her. We only hear her name being but we mentioned. Do see Chopper. We see Chopper and we see the ghost. Yeah. So we know that they are there. It's kind of been confirmed in canon that that's actually that they were part of the whole rebellion. Um, and thanks to the end of the Rebels' last finale, we know that they fought in you know the uh, uh, the Battle of Endor. Simultaneously to that, there is an episode of Forces of Destiny where Hera actually meets Han Solo on Endor. Yeah. So we know that they are there. We know that they're still alive. Uh, and for me, I think that's an awesome way that they've taken taken this particular show. But prior to Rebels, there is now there is a book called A New Dawn, which is obviously expanding on the relationship and the introduction between Kanan and Hera. Um, obviously, they met when he was trying to keep his Jedi skills on the quiet, on the down low, to then get effectively roped in, for want of a better word, uh, by Hera to join her, a growing rebellion and, and kind of the way that they're going to battle it out against the Empire. So that's a little bit about how Rebels kind of first started in, in, in the world, as it were, in the Star Wars universe, and how it's become part of the ongoing um, saga. Obviously, Ali, you've said that you think that this is a, an amazing show. Yeah. Give me one of your highlights from all four seasons. Just pick one. I really like the Bendu. I really like the Bendu. Okay. And, and I will tell you why. Go for it's it. because it was a force being as such that we didn't know where it came from. We still don't know. We don't know where he's gone. We have no idea. But it was the first illustration to me that the Force not only ran through something which wasn't a human a human type thing, because obviously there are Jedis which are not human, but a humanoid yes. in quotes, yeah, yeah. and that there was something bigger out there. And I just found that absolutely fascinating. Okay. And there was someone with all this power who wasn't prepared to use it right until the very end. When he when, needed to. Exactly. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, there was this whole arc of will he, won't he, what's the interaction with Ezra, mm. the temples. It was just absolutely fascinating to watch it all evolve in front of your eyes yeah. and really just think, okay, this isn't a, this isn't just for a child. This, you, this is some thinking behind this. Yeah. And you have to place it in timelines and you have to place it in what you know to be true yeah. and what you question. And I and I, I like intelligent script writing like that. I don't want it to just be presented and say, this is this, this is this, this is that. I like things that make me question no. what it is. It's funny because I've made notes about the, the, the series and whatnot. And all of my notes, I haven't mentioned the Bendu once. Really? And it's not because I didn't like him. Yeah. I think he was a, he was an interesting addition. And the thing that I really liked about him, he, he wanted to maintain the balance. Yes. And that was key. With no father, daughter. Yeah, he was just oh. he wanted the the force to stay middle ground, and you could even think that theme is kind of even in the Last Jedi to a certain extent. The way Luke said the Jedi must be um, ended, but then you had Snoke saying you had the dark and you had the light. They balanced to meet each yeah. other. You could argue that Bender is like a physical representation exactly. of that. And obviously, at the end of, of, of that particular episode where he goes after Thrawn, he also then goes after Kanan at the same time. Yeah. So, again, maintaining his balance. Uh, we know he gets taken out at the end, or does he? You know, whatever. Um, but it's funny, that wasn't, for me, that I, 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 I wasn't a highlight. This, it's this, weird. This, this is becoming more, more fascinating to me, is, is actually the Snake quote when darkness rises and light to meet it. Mm. Because all throughout Star Wars, and we've sort of been a bit naive to this. 
But every time there's been an emperor or a Sith, there has been a powerful Jedi to counter mm-hmm. it. And then you look at what happens, and, and obviously we thought it was just Luke Skywalker out in this universe. We didn't know there was a Kanan and an Ezra around. Well, and an Ahsoka, by the sounds of it well, as well. Absolutely. Spoiler alert, guys. Oh, spoiler alert. We are <laughs> going to go massively into spoilers. We have done for the last 20 minutes, and we're going to carry on going. So if you don't want to hear spoilers, guys, A, sorry, B, press pause and come back at a later date. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But it's, it's just this whole idea that there must be balance. And balance isn't necessarily good versus evil it can be dark it can be light mm. and that's why i find um as we'll probably discuss some of the symbolism that you see yeah. in rebels was actually in the last jedi that's interesting so some of the lights when he's going into new worlds mm. you can see it when luke taps down and you see the walls yeah move out of the way yeah and that's a really and good shot yeah. so yeah. so i mean th- there can be two points of view to it so i completely understand that the fact is disney are rewriting history in a way and they're making things canon to suit what they've seen. They've not rewritten history. They've completely disregarded it to a certain extent. But they're reintroducing it to your point based on what they what need fits the the agenda. Yeah, like yeah, retrofit. Like, well, like General or Rex, he's, he definitely wasn't at Endor until someone spotted him in a photo. Exactly. You know, <laughs> back in back and in now he is <laughs> back in nineteen eighty three. Yeah. When George Lucas made Return of the Jedi. He just stuck a random man with a beard on. There is no way in hell. Oh, no chance. He thought, actually, that's going to be somebody from the Clone Wars. He, obviously, George Lucas had this idea of like the saga movies, yeah, which is yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah. But that was never going to happen. Let's be yeah. honest. We all know that. Exactly. It's just a brilliant piece of tying many different bows together for this particular yeah. story from the threads that just keep on intertwining. Exactly. And yeah. it's, that's, it's just intelligent, intelligent writing. And that goes back to Dave Filoni again. Yeah, 100%. You know? <clears throat> that, that, is, that is, I mean, I, I would like to also ask you what you thought your highlight was but I would like to just say for me Dave Filoni the way he's tied this whole thing together and masterminded it Mm. it's just it's just amazing because this guy has been lying to us for the last three years about where this thing is going he's been dropping hints he's been on Twitter saying oh Ahsoka hmm and there you know at the very end that I I the the nerd in me the nerd in me knew he would never ever kill Ahsoka. Really, so Ahsoka is George Lucas and his creation from way back in the Clone Wars. She was part of Anakin's fall to the dark side. A lot of people attribute it to Padme, and that's true. But it was her leaving the Jedi Temple as well because of the way she was treated that also maintained his 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 fall and path. That I, I firmly believe that. Yeah. So when we saw Ahsoka's defeat to in the hands of vader or anakin depending on your point of view at that yeah, point yeah, in time yeah, with, yeah. with the mask his helmet sorry um i i there was this thing inside of me that thought no she's not going to go anywhere because he she will eventually yeah but i don't think she will be killed or anything like that. she will go the way luke has and give herself to the force that's yeah. the way that i think she will end yeah. and that's what i thought happened well I was happy with that i thought if that's the way that she goes she's got she's gone into battle against her old master yeah. She has given herself to the force to save Ezra and Kanan. And I was happy with that. Yeah. When they brought her back, I must admit, I, I know we're, we're jumping around here, guys, and bear with us, but when they brought her back into the episode, or was it in between two roles, I think it's called, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, it was. I, I thought, oh, you're kidding me. Really? Initially. But then I thought about it. And I was like, okay, it can work. If Ezra has the ability to do what he did, 
And then obviously later on there was the questioning about saving Canaan. Yeah. When that happened, a part of me thought, oh, okay, I, I can understand where this is going. Yeah. Um, and then obviously the way that the series wrapped up and we saw Ahsoka doing her best Gandalf impression, um, I thought, all right, okay, I can see where this is going now. Yeah. And eventually she will give herself to the Force, but maybe not yet. Okay. So, we go into the world between worlds, right? Yeah. We can hear some characters. Yeah. 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 Do you know what we hear? We hear a lot. But do you know what we hear uh, Anakin saying? Go on. You were never made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan, but you might make it as mine. <laughs> quote from the Clone Wars. Exactly. Yeah, quote from the from Clone the Wars. From the film, in fact. Yeah, yeah. But... I just thought that when I heard that, I thought, okay, it's over for her. They yeah. closed the loop. Yeah. It's saying, that's my journey with you complete. Yeah. I started this. I end that. It's yeah. very Vader. Yeah, totally. Very yeah. Vader. Yeah. But then, it's very Kylo Ren. I'll begin, I will end what you started. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah, absolutely. And so I just I just think that it's, it's amazing to think of her journey. And in a way, if there is something that goes further... It's a bit like an Ahsoka trilogy. I'd love an Ahsoka trilogy. Really? Yeah, totally. I, I'm a massive fan of Ahsoka. Yeah. Um, uh, her introduction to the Clone Wars kind of threw me for a spanner for a little bit because there was never any mention in the movies about Anakin having a Padawan. No. But the way that their kind of relationship grew, the way that her demise in the Jedi Council ended up adding to his fall to the dark side really played on my mind. I was thinking, yeah, this is great. I've read the Ahsoka book that has come out recently yeah. that was positioned just before the start of, of Rebels and how she becomes part of the, um, oh, what's the call sign? Fulcrum. 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 How Fulcrum. she becomes in that position. I, I thought, I, yeah, I'm a massive fan of Ahsoka. Yeah. Can't really see me being up as cosplay as her. <laughs> um, no one wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. Nobody, wants to see that. No, nobody <laughs> wants to see that. Um, the thing that I love, the way that she is now is the whole, the white lightsabers. Yeah, you know, Gandalf. She, it's not the fact, it's, A, she's Gandalf, but she's also, I don't, I don't want to call her a grey Jedi because we'll probably get hate now for calling her that. Don't do that. But she is this false being that is neither dark nor light because she's been shunned from the light. Well. They wanted her back, but she, but ultimately yeah. she isn't a Jedi anymore. Yes, but we do know that the daughter... Has been following her around for a while. In the little The daughter survived, which we didn't think she did in Mortis. And she has been her sort of spirit animal. She has the owl that's been following her around, which is also um, on Sabine's shoulder. Of course. And then, of course, we have the sun, the wolf. Which is Ezra. Or is it Canaan? Well, yeah, exactly. Is it? Yeah, that's we're, we're, it. But, but isn't it interesting yeah. how if you were to have that balance... It's the symbol, symbol, symbology. That's it's the symbology. Thank you. Yeah, much, yeah, exactly. And it's just... It's it's fantastic looping back together. Yeah. Uh, you can see these guys were gushing here. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> Do you know... Should we, should we, I'm not apologising because it's true. Yeah, should we should we go back to some of our highlights? Yeah, let me... Ju- yeah, okay. So you, your question to me earlier on was my highlight. Yeah. For me, it was the return of Darth Maul. Okay, I can see this for you. Okay. All right. So so, I, so as long as I've known Alex, he has loved Darth Maul. And so I suppose for you Unashamedly. to see him back and see the way that Ezra in particular related to him, mm-hmm. showing that Ezra at that point, there is some see- conflict within. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to see Darth Maul out there as a sort of, not the person who we saw beaten by Palpatine in the Clone Wars, yep. but his last stand. Yeah, 
I agree. You must absolutely have loved that. So the two things for me that stood out for Maul in particular was one, this is going to sound really horrible because I, I was a fan of Kanan. The way he blinded Kanan. Yeah, outstanding. Uh, and, you know, going back to the, the, the initial quote that you, you started on the podcast around the, you know, the, the article where they said this is going to be a kid's show. Yeah. That's not kiddie material. No, let's let's not mix our words here, you know, guys. You probably all agree with this that there is some themes that are emerging that had emerged in Rebels that are not child themes. Yeah, absolutely. There was suggestion of violence. The amount of stormtroopers that got popped off in this show. Yeah, the kill rate. My days. Yeah, the kill rate is higher than the films. Probably. Oh, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, you know, we blatantly saw Seb beat Thrawn's uh, guy in in the finale episode. I can't remember the I can't remember his name. Crawl or something like Crawl yeah. or something like that. He he absolutely battered him to the point where Sabine had to pull him off. Yeah, that was a, an absolutely brutal scene there. It was a beating. He could have literally killed him with his bare hands. And Seb is a big guy. You know, we yeah, we yeah. know this. He's you know the concept of him is Chewbacca. Right. Yeah. Uh, God bless Ralph McQuarrie. Awesome design in here. And I think that the way that looping this back to Maul. The way that he took out Kanan, mm. with the way he blinded him, I know a lot of people are thinking, "Oh my God, what is now going to happen?" And Kanan appropriated that that uh, the, the master mask that he was wearing, and I just thought that was for me that was quite brutal. That was more being this bad guy who we believed he would be in the Phantom Menace mm. that he started to portray in the Clone Wars when he took over Mandalore, the way he was ruling Mandalore. I mean, even the way he killed Pre Vizsla in the Clone Wars was brutal. Yeah. Um, so I think that that was number one highlight. Do you, do you think it was also though uh, the morphing also showed Kanan for what he was, which was a partly trained Jedi. He was still a Padawan. And so if you honest. have a Padawan versus a Sith Lord, yeah, master, yeah, exactly. yeah. And yeah. so it, it wasn't just about the physicality of it; it was about the corrupting of, of minds as well. Absolutely, which is just you know brilliant. Yeah, and I think the the thing with Maul. It, to your point, is that he's continued his journey of vengeance. Mm-hmm. Um, he he wanted his vengeance in the Clone Wars against Palpatine, and now his aim was to... It, it was his hate that kept him alive, we know that. That's how he got his spider legs. Um, but the second point for the highlight for me was how he died. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was hoping you were going to go on to that. I, I didn't like it. Did you not? It was more... It, it, man, the guy should live forever. Let's be honest, that's my opinion, because I, I love him. Yeah. But ultimately, the way that it was... If it had been done by anyone else, it would have been a letdown. Yeah. But because it was Obi-Wan, because it was going back to the Phantom Menace, yeah. uh, because it was the way that it should have been. Yeah. That, for me, that was closure. Yeah. On so, the Maul character. So in the Phantom Menace, we see epic lightsaber battle. Probably the best lightsaber battle in the prequel trilogy, at least. Debatable. But... Um... <laughs> it's one of my favourites, because <laughs> A, it's Maul, and, you know... Um, Oh, what's his name that plays him? The English guy. Yeah. I can't get it. Toad from X-Men. Uh, <laughs> him. <laughs> he, the way that he portrays him and the, the, the martial arts capability that, that he has is is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, and I, for me, it's one of the best lightsaber duels. I'd agree with that. Yeah. I'd agree with that. Yeah. And the music and the tension. Man, Jewel of Fates. Jewel of Fates yeah. is incredible. Yeah. But then, so we have this. Yeah. Then we see him. Epic battle scenes in Clone Wars when he comes back. No yep. one knows he's coming back. Yeah. And then you sort of hinted. And then you see the spider leg. Yeah. And you see yeah. it coming. You think, oh my gosh. It's him. Maul is back. Again, inspired by the expanded universe. But then, 
he gets old. He's an old man. Yeah. And he's not fighting a young Obi-Wan either. No. And so people have it in their minds. This is going to be it. We're going to see another epic thing. No. No. It was short. It was sharp. But it needed to be done the way it did. I agree. Um, I agree. So, I, I, yeah, no, I was happy with his closure. Yeah. yeah, totally. Because it was a really simple strike that, yeah. that ended it. And it was I like kind of three thought, swe- sweet swooshes, bang, bang, done. Over. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, it, and that was nice because it was the Obi-Wan that we knew from the original trilogy. Yeah. And, and to see that interact with a character from the prequels yeah. yeah. absolutely yeah. brilliant. Yeah. But I did think you might have a bit of a problem with how that scene ended. No. So when he Darth Maul's dying yeah. and he turns over, and do you remember what he said? Is he the one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So Anakin? No? No, he's not talking about Anakin. He's talking about Luke. Hey, obviously, but yeah. Luke's never been the one. Well, arguably he is. Really? He, well, when you think about it, the way that the, the prophecy of the Chosen One was to bring balance to the Force. Yeah. Right? Now, in the mindset of the Jedi, that was to completely eradicate the Sith. Which Anakin did in dying. Which he did in dying. <laughs> but, when you think about it, who got to that point in time. It was Luke. He brought balance to the force because when you think about it, the way that it is positioned now anyway, balance has to be good and bad at the same time. Absolutely. So at the end of Return of the Jedi, we think Anakin has redeemed himself, which he has, and I I love that. Yeah. But, But now we get to Last Jedi, while I don't agree with it, if this is the way the story is going, Luke is the chosen one to a certain from a certain point of view, yeah, yeah, because he is bringing balance to the force in the way that he was with with Kylo Ren and the way that he's brought Rey along as well. So he is technically the chosen one because he's bringing balance. Right. If you if you're taking it word by word, but you're not. No. Because we know that the original six movies was it's about Anakin. Exactly. So it's a conflict. Exactly. It's and, a and, massive that, and that's and that's my point is yeah. is that. Um, as long as that, as long as Darth Maul didn't mean he's talking about Ezra. <laughs> oh, that would yeah. That's completely yeah. wrong. Yeah, but who knows what's going to happen? Well, in the we don't with that. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but, but yeah, no. I just, I just, I found that mm. really, really interesting because I thought, in that moment when he said those words, it changed. It sort of put yeah. into real context that Luke was the chosen one, and until then, yeah, I don't think it had been fully established. I mean, that's the thing. It's the only person who knew that Obi-Wan was there was him and obviously Ezra. Yeah. I'll come back to that. Um, and the only reason why he's there was to look after Vader's child. Yes. Now, Maul found this out through the Sith holocron, et cetera, et cetera, yes. two twin sons, blah, blah, blah. And when he said, when he actually said to him, you see the chosen one, he clearly didn't mean Vader. No. At all. No. But at that point in time, when you think about it, before then... You'd always thought it was. Obi-Wan thought Anakin was the chosen one. Yeah. Because of what happened. Yeah. Luke had to be the chosen one. So if Luke hadn't worked out... It would have been later. Yeah. Arguably. That was going to be my yeah. point. <laughs> yeah. It would have been Mary Poppins. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's an interesting debate because we have this position of Anakin as the chosen one from the prequels. But the way it's kind of working out is Luke is yeah, the chosen one. Yeah, I hundred percent agree, and and that's 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 why I think it's very ultimately the prophecy is a load of nonsense. I'm really depressed by that. Yeah, no, it is. I'm really depressed <laughs> by that because I spent until 2005 
<laughs> yeah. I spent until yeah. I was 21 mm. going down this route, and only last year it was confirmed that it wasn't. It there's there's always been the question mark about Anakin being the chosen one because of his fall to the dark side, but his it was and his redemption. And let's be honest, the first six movies are his life. Yeah, yeah, they're all about him. They're about his his growth as a Jedi, his fall to the dark side, and then his redemption at the end. Yeah. Doesn't necessarily mean he's a chosen one because no. of the way things have turned out. Yeah. Um, you know, maybe if the last Jedi, let's be honest. Well, that's what I was going to say. If actually, it hadn't have gone the way it did, yeah, it's and, still Re- and Rebels hadn't have come along to basically confirm, yeah, it, it we, we still would have thought Anakin was a chosen one. Yeah, I mean, you yeah. think of Kylo Ren looking grandfather, give me strength. Yeah, yeah. you know, if I I think that the way it was probably plotted out was um, because it was very heavily rumored about Hayden Christensen being in that film a false ghost or whatever yeah yeah, yeah. and it's it, but it's it's so interesting how one writer changes everything well that's the thing and going back to the initial conversation we had at the start around Rian Johnson basically taking hold of Ryan Rian I always get his name wrong um, taking everything that J.D. had done in The Force Awakens and gone nope I'm just going to do my own thing yeah so again we're, loop, we're kind of looping back to, to the crossovers here guys but ultimately Rebels has added so much value yeah. to the Star Wars saga. Yeah. Can I can I talk about another interesting power? And it is from the last film. Go on. Then. Projection. <laughs> can we talk about the episode in Rebels where we see it? Refresh my memory. So, inside the Jedi Temple, Yoda appears. Oh, of course, yeah. He's alive. Yeah, yeah he's alive. He's alive. And he's there. Yeah, but it's he Yoda. is force projecting. Across. It's Yoda. Yeah, but but I'm just saying, when we when we say what, yeah, it was there in Rebels. Yeah, and and you know mm-hmm. you forget about that, and, and I certainly point. did yeah, until yeah, I yeah. started thinking about this. And there's interestingly a number of hints in Rebels about where it was going. Yeah, film wise, mm-hmm. and all these extra powers. I mean, we look at Kanan in the last film, and he clearly has a force blast. As that fire's coming at him, oh, totally. he is holding it all He's holding back it in back. a way where you think, whoa, 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 yeah, yeah that's, that's interesting. That's some serious power. Yeah, 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 yeah And this yeah. is from a not fully trained guy. This yeah. is someone who's instinctive with the force. Yeah. And, and that's what's interesting when you look at someone like Ray. Yeah. And we say, how is she able to do this? Well, the force just lives in some people. I mean, that's the thing. That, the thing with Kanan that's interesting is that, to, to your point, mate, where you've got, he's holding off the fire one hand and he basically force pushes Hera onto the onto the ship yep. with his other hand yeah but he's literally giving himself over to the force at that point in time you can see it he he gets his so eyes that, back yeah well we imagine he does anyway there's not been any confirmation but he gets his eyes eyes back that's not that's bad English. thank you sight back um and ultimately when you when he's giving himself to the force it's the power that is with that that makes him able to do what he does yeah um and I thought that was a for him to go in that way. Uh, again, spoiler alert, guys. Kanan dies. Um, <laughs> the way that he goes for me was incredible. Yeah, because the thing is, we all sort of knew he had to die. He had to. He had to die, but he yeah. didn't have to die that way. The, yeah, the way that he died was so heroic. <laughs> yeah. Um, when we think of the first couple of episodes of Rebels, it was about him hiding his Jedi abilities. Um, he never got his lightsaber out. No. He never, you know, he always said that he had the the bar, the disconnected that screwed in together to create the lightsaber yeah. fully. He never did it. Yeah. Apart from that, the one episode where all of a sudden 
he's standing on a box mm-hmm. fighting off Barca Bolts from Stormtrooper. Yeah, if I remember, he gets up and says, the whole universe is going to know now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, everyone thinks the Jedi are dead, but they're not. Um, so it was always his story. Yeah. Arguably, until he became blind. Yeah. And all of a sudden, we saw episodes, sorry, not episode, we saw season, the end of season three, yeah, season four, where yep. he was blind. All of a sudden, it became about Ezra. Yeah. And effectively, it became about the collective. We saw more about Sabine, the way that she went back to Mandalore uh, with the Darksaber. Nice tie-in. I love that, by the way. <laughs> so Again, good. with the whole Maul thing, oh, the Mandalore. Brilliant. The fact that she got that was amazing. I love the scene in the, in the episode where Ezra and her are doing drills yeah learning how to fight with a lightsaber yeah um again adding to the whole star wars universe um i can't remember where i was going with that no no it's gone completely yeah completely gone that's right we'll cut it there <laughs> <laughs> we'll do some post-production guys don't worry about it um no it's oh yeah it's about how kanan died yeah um and it, the story then changed. That's it. Yeah. So the story was going on around Kanan yeah. that moved to Ezra and then the team. And I think that that was the, the growth of the story because then you had Kanan for se- a lot of season four. He took a backseat. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, even in episode three, with, uh, season three with the Bendu. Well, that's, that's what I was going to say, though. In, in a way, he was learning he through was more spiritual. He was completing his training. He was. That with he the never Bendu. got to finish. Yeah. Because, because he, but he, was, he was training in a different way. They were not the texts that we see, he was learning it raw. Yeah. He was taking advice from a force being. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And from that, he learned how to be a Jedi in a different way from what we've seen before. Yeah. So absolutely. he had to rely on other senses. He had to develop in a different way. Yeah. Which is just a very fascinating and new take on. You don't mm. have to be a Jedi in this way. There are multiple ways. Yeah. And it's interesting that you say that because when you think of some of the EU legend books where they talk about the Jedi and how they were you know back in the years where there was like loads of them and this that and the other there were different Jedis they had different fighting styles they had different force abilities that they were stronger with than others you know Kanan is now taking it to a whole new level I would love to have seen in a book or anything previous to this where they can show you a blind Jedi yeah you know I know we see interestingly we do see Luke blind in A New Hope well in, in Rogue One as well we've got the the keepers. Yeah. Oh, of course. Um, yeah. Force and force and force. Ah, but he's well. He's blind. He's blind, but he's not a Jedi. No, but he's, arguably he's got some yeah skills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's got some skills, but in A New Hope, when we see Luke with the mask down when he's learning with Obi Wan, he puts the blinders down. He can't yeah. see. Yeah. That's a premise. Yeah, and in a way that you know that's our first real introduction exactly. to the force sensitivity. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it's yeah. No, I I really really enjoyed that, that element of character there are there are a couple of other areas i'd like to touch upon if i may go on then palpatine yeah loved it i i honestly when he came out the fact that he was in mcdermott yes doing the voice nailed it for yes, me exactly. absolutely and yeah. so I'm, I'm talking about the last episode here in particular yeah. when he comes out and he's the guy that we saw in the prequels he is not, yes. he's not the Emperor, he's the Senator. He is and I thought, Chief what Palpatine. is going on here? Yeah. There was, as soon as I saw that, I thought, where is this taking me to? This is, this is interesting. When I first saw that, I actually sat down and thought, is, this is before, wait, hold on a minute. Is this before Revenge of the Sith? No, it can't be before Revenge yeah. of the Sith. So, and then it kind of, light bulb moment, ding. Oh, it's a false projection. Right, I get it. Because he had to appeal to the, to the kid, let's be honest. Yeah. In a way that wasn't the emperor, yeah. 
he had to become this grandfather figure. Absolutely. I think it's a great, great phrase for that. And it'd be an approachable, go to your parents. You want to see your parents. This convincing, you know, come and sit on my knee. I'm, I'm, I'm your granddaddy type thing. And that was brilliant. Uh, and the way that he portrayed that it was proper creepy as well. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. Yeah. The, it, and also because he was so white. Yeah. And then when he turns into the emperor, dark. It's contrasting. White, dark, yeah, and it's yeah. just the it's, way it flickers between the two. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it was brilliant animation. Yeah. But it also showed that sinister side that was always there. Yeah. And you just thought to yourself, okay, this is the emperor. There's one side that the public see, and there is another side that we know, which obviously yeah. is explained in the books as well, like the Absolutely. Baby book, which yeah. is. And I, I think the interesting thing for me for that is I didn't pay attention to it too much at the time, but I have done subsequently was I think it's the Star Wars show. Um, after they showed that they they spoke to some of the animators in a way that they made that conscious decision to show him in a certain way. Mm. Yet when you see the Emperor, he's like hunched over, he's got the hood, he mm. looks, speaks, and acts menacing. Yet flipping it back to the old grey dude, you know, it's this well-spoken gentleman. Yeah. You know, it's it's the, it literally is a portrayal of the dark and the light in the same person. Yeah, or a fake light to some extent. But anyway, yeah. um, but I his introduction when I saw it in the trailer, I thought, is he going to try and turn him? Yeah, that's that's my exact straight away. Yeah, I thought he's going to try and turn him. You know, we'd seen Ezra flirt with the dark side. Yeah, more you, than t- flirt. you touched more on it earlier flirt. with with Darth Maul. Uh, the Jedi holocron, the, the Sith holocron as well. I was well. going to say, yeah. You know, he, he floated with the dark side and I thought that could have been an easy way in. Yeah. Obviously, Jezra didn't fall for the bait and whatnot. And he actually kind of redeemed himself for, to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, but no, the, the introduction of Palpatine was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that the good thing, um, I'm just going to jump on that point, is that Rebels was great at bringing back characters. Yes. From... Clone Wars from the original trilogy, from the sequel, not the sequel trilogy, sorry, the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, the way that it's kind of tied it all in together. Um, and just a bit of a roll call, you know, we, we saw Vader. Yeah. Vader, I'm going to come back to Vader. Vader being Vader. Let's come back to that. Okay, okay. We had Vader, we had Maul, we had Ahsoka, we had Leia, we had Lando. Yeah. You know, all of these... Wedge. Wedge Antilles, these familiar characters that we knew and loved from the original saga, from the prequel saga, coming back into Rebels to become part of this amazing story. Um, And I think they did that so well, kind of integrating them. You know, we have to remember that at this point in time, Leia is exactly the same age as Ezra. They're the same age. Yet, when you look at the way that they're portrayed in that episode where Leia's in it, she's this dignitary. She's representing the people of Alderaan because her dad uh, is is, um, Senator. Senator Organa. Um, which we also see. Again, I think yeah. he's, he's, he's absolutely brilliant. And Jimmy Smith's, you know, the, the actor and the way that he did the voice was brilliant. And the way that she is yeah. compared to Ezra, the street bum with no parents who's been living on the street, you know. Yeah. And, you know, the way that they do that, the way that they, the way that the, the animation works, the way that the characterization is of those characters, it's, it's fantastic. And even Lando, the way he was so cheeky, um, being his normal self, you know, yeah. trying to pull Hera. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but, but also, also, um, I, I think um, people weren't fully satisfied with the way that Clone Wars 
ended so abruptly. There was a lot and of people that weren't happy. Yeah, with that. more than yeah. a few. And so it brought back some real characters from mm. that. Our favourite space pirate, for example, Hondo, who had a massive impact at the end. Yeah. And so you know, people who didn't, who thought they'd seen the last of him, mm. no, you haven't. Yeah, yeah. And you see this redemption of the character. And it, it's, yeah, it's funny because there's the quote that he says is that. I think it's something like, I would do anything for the boy. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And you're like, you're a pirate. Yeah. You 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 know, in, in, in the earlier part of, of Rebels, you wanted to con the kid out of something. I can't yeah. remember what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But ultimately the, the relationships build and the characters grow. And you know, Hondo comes back and he's like, I'm here for the kid. Yeah. Because he's great. Uh, yeah. And that's a wonderful yeah. piece of storytelling. Yeah. yeah. And then we find out all about how the troopers what happened. Because you know, how many of us really thought about well what happened to them after the war? What yeah, happened? Yeah. And all of a sudden, we know they were out there. Yeah, they were out there and about. And they're struggling just as, you know, any ex-military personnel would yeah. with what is your day-to-day life. And when the calling comes, do you step up? Do yeah. you be who you were? Yeah, Rex. Or do you step back? Yeah. And, and then, you know, I wanted to see Rex. And, and yeah. you know, when you hear a Ahsoka's fulcrum, you hear Rex come back and you think, okay, this is where the Clone Wars... They've come back in and, yeah. and they're sealing it. And, I just and, it, and well, that, for me, was a really good introduction to your point there, mate, where Rex came back. He had the chip removed. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are some people that I spoke to on, on Star Wars forums are like, why didn't he shoot the Jedi? Because they'd not seen the Lost Missions where yeah. this story had actually been told in Clone Wars. Yeah. Um, or I think it was Fives in Clone Wars who... You know, had the chip malfunction. Yeah, yeah. Or it was yeah. no, it wasn't fives. It was one of the other ones. But fives helped him, and he shot the twin Jedi's. And you're like, oh my god, the, the story again. Going back to the point I made earlier, that wasn't that was an adult scene. It was very adult. It, you know, shooting somebody yeah. point blank range. Well, a lot almost. of people have seen Yoda's interaction with was it was it Plagueis was it or was it was the original? Oh, Darth Bane. Darth Bane. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Darth Bane. So lots of people haven't seen that exactly. And, and, and if you watch that back and you think, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, oh, Darth Bane is one of my favourite Darths that aren't in the movies because uh, I've read the trilogy where he becomes the introduction of the rule of two and he's the one that set the role yeah. of the foundations and that. The way that they brought him into canon, uh, for me, was a round of applause. Yeah, uh, and yet no, hardly anyone's seen it. Yeah, yeah. Because I, as far as most people are concerned, unless it you ended wouldn't. when it ended on the Disney Channel. Absolutely, yeah. And that's a shame because then you, you miss out on that that arc where there's four episodes of the Clone Wars where you have them going to Kamino to get everything. I know this isn't about Rebels, guys, but it does tie in. It does tie um, in. And then you get the, that whole story arc, and then all of a sudden you jump forward 18 years, give or take, and we see Rex and the other three commandos that are with him who still kind of harbour issues from what happened. I don't want to call it PTSD or was it post-traumatic stress, stress disorder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it could be. It could, Especially, yeah, it could I can't be. remember the one of them that, that has that nervous twitch. You know, yeah. these little things kind of crop up. Um, and then obviously when they start the finale episode, we see Rex in his gear from Return of the Jedi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Good old Dave Filoni giving a nod <laughs> to the fan fiction there. Um, but the way it kind of ties in together is, is absolutely brilliant. And bringing back Rex for me was a win. Yeah. Um, for the benefit of the you guys who have not actually seen Dave, when he lets his beard grow, he looks like Captain Rex. Does he really? Yeah, he's got the bald head, he's got the grey beard. Could we find one of these pictures and get him up on the uh, Twitter? On the, we could definitely find him. I, yeah. I think we should do that. <laughs> yeah, and he, he has, he's a dead ringer uh, oh, in that respect. Yeah, wow. Especially because Dave has quite a few helmets in his collection. Uh, he's got a Stormtrooper helmet. 
put it on, take it off, he could be him. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. All right, guys. For you for listening on for listening to the podcast as a reward, we're going to send you. We're going to put on Twitter a picture of uh, of Dave looking as Captain Rex. And what, <laughs> what are we going to put up with you? Uh, not much. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Know. That's what Dave gets for missing the assignment. Absolutely. Yeah. If you was here, Dave, you could stick up for yourself. Mate. Um, so looping back to uh, looping back to rules. <laughs> you know this this continuation of, of those kind of original characters is is a wonderful way they've taken the series um, uh, to the point where the way that it ended with Palpatine coming in doing his thing was amazing. Yeah, me. I mean. I, I do feel like we really should talk about that world. The world between worlds. I do feel we should touch on just because yeah. it introduces time travel. It's not just time, it's time and space. Yeah. You know, everybody knows that, well, for the most part, time travel is, if you time travel, you go from one location, same location, but in a different time. Yeah. It's time and space is different time, different location, different area. That, that That's the way it works. And Star Wars have kind of nailed that in that yeah. particular episode. But they've always shunned away from it. Yeah. So, so you think about um, something like very controversially with JJ Abraham's Star Trek and what he did with the Kelvin timeline. Yeah. And so it was. It was very interesting to think. Okay, the future definitely is not set in stone. It can be changed. Yeah. Which of course makes you think about the films as well and what's and what could happen there. The future is always in motion. Exactly. And so it's it's such an important moment. And, and well, so is history now to a certain extent. So history is now in motion as well. The way that Ezra saved Ahsoka, yeah, effectively, to bring her back to life. I'm using air quotes for the guys on on the podcast here, but same, you know, it's the same thing, right? But interestingly, a Jedi could get in there because it's through the Jedi Temple. Maybe it was a one-time only deal because that temple comes yeah. down afterwards. It, it, but we saw the Emperor there with his magic that we know that the Sith are capable of. Yeah, the Sith and alchemy. And he's putting it out there and he's yeah. trying to drag him because he can't enter he that can't world. He can't get in. Yeah. He needs Ezra yeah. to drag him in. Yeah, but and he it can't makes do that. You, And it makes you think, okay, so so did someone nail that? I think what also begs the question is, could you imagine what would happen if the Emperor got in? Yeah. But he knew it existed as well, which is interesting. Ironically, he's never been able to get in or clearly get that close to getting in yeah. as well. So I think the Emperor is this, we all know the Emperor is this big, powerful being. Yeah. Um, but there's still some things that you can't do. Exactly. And I'm pretty sure they did say whoever controlled that space yeah. controlled the universe. Controlled the universe, yeah. And could control, say, things like life and death. Death, yeah. Which is a certain theme from a certain film. And we both know that Anakin really wanted all of that together, didn't he? Mm-hmm. He wanted to control everything. And that was his one of his fallings. Interestingly, we come on to this point because I know that you've made a long list of the quotes. I have made a lot of Now, I'm not going to ask you to use all the quotes because that would still be here in about 10 years. But, who are the quotes by? So, we start off, we start off with Yoda. Okay. So, truly wonderful, the mind of a child is Attack of the Clones. We then go to Obi-Wan and the Clone Wars and the Mortis arc. We then go to Qui-Gon Jinn, Clone Wars, not from the film. Uh, Yoda, Empire Strikes Back, Ahsoka, Rebels, uh, Yoda again, Revenge of the Sith, so obviously he's in here a lot. Obi-Wan, Star Wars Rebels. Kanan, introduced. Obi-Wan again, Yoda, Jin Erso. And this is where it starts to get very interesting because you've got Maz Katana as well. We've got Rey. Mm-hmm. Rey saying, we'll, say, we'll see each other again, I believe that. This is where it gets interesting to me. I think these quotes, 
they're there for a reason. They are. And that's why I wanted to actually discuss them. Because you've got Kylo after that saying, show me grandfather and I will finish what you started. The resistance will not be intimidated by you, Poe. This is our most desperate hour. Help me, Princess Leia. You would never have made it as Obi-Wan's Padawan. Obi-Wan fought as you do. You don't know the power of the dark side. To finish it off. So that seemed, That's a journey in itself. Yeah. I, so I'm not going to lie. The first time I saw that, I was looking at my TV. And I'm like, I need to rewind that. Yeah. And I literally listened to it three or four times. Because the one thing that got me was the fact that they dropped in Ray and Kylo. Yeah, absolutely. If it would have just been everything that we've seen before from from the from the, the original trilogy, the prequel trilogy, Rebels, Clan Wars, if it had been just that, I would have gone, this is great. <clears throat> but then to your point where they brought in everything that happens from after, after that, even Rogue One yeah. as well. And for me, I was like, oh, this is where it starts to get interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because... When you think about it, some of the people that are talking aren't Jedi or Sith. No. You've got Jin. Yeah. Arguably, Kylo Ren. Maz. Maz Kanada. Maz, but, uh, interesting though, Maz Kanada, she's full sensitive. I genuinely believe that. Why? The way that she is, the way that she has an understanding of the Force. In The Force Awakens, when Rey touches the lightsaber, yeah. she says to Rey, uh, sorry, Rey says to Maz, what 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 just happened? And Maz is basically we saw it in the trailer where she goes, "Who are you?" And then all of a sudden, Maz also says, "The Force works in mysterious ways." Yeah. Maz gets the Force; she understands it. I think she's she's not a Sith or whatever. I think she's mildly Force sensitive, you know, because of the way that she gets it, the way that she is. Yeah. Um, so when hearing her voice, I'm yeah. like, that's interesting. And also, I think the reason why we hear Jin. Her mum puts a Kylo, uh, Kylo crystal, <laughs> a Kyber crystal around yeah. her neck, and she always says trust in the Force. Yeah. So there's a connection to the Force, but it's not necessarily Jedi or Sith. I've just had a horrible moment. I Go really on. have. Which is? She got ruined in the last film, didn't she? When she's rolling around blasting things. Who's Maz? Yeah. Yeah. When when she's a Force sensitive, yeah, she is. And the way you described it, I'd find it hard to argue against it. That's not a force-sensitive person who's having a fight and having a chat about go find someone who can crack a few codes. Yeah, I, that scene in particular, I don't understand the relevance in that, in that whatsoever. It's just a shoehorn. How on it? earth does Poe know Maz? He doesn't. <clears throat> the only people who knew Maz, let's be honest, from that room, unless there's a backstory that, we, again, we still don't know about, was Han Solo, Chewbacca, Finn and Ray. Agreed. Yeah, all of a sudden, we've got Poe going, all right, let's give Maz Kanada a bell. Really? Well, for those who can't see just how animated he's getting nice. right now, I promise <laughs> not to talk about that film. But I just wanted to raise, more than but, I, but I just wanted to raise the yeah, point that it it does it does show that the inconsistencies are there, and perhaps with our new time and space development, mm-hmm. we don't know who or where. Or sorry, we don't know where Ahsoka is. Could she have got back in? Could she be the one to change it? Potentially. Could J.J. Abrahams use that as a plot device? It's there now. We know that Ahsoka's alive. Yep. At the end of the finale, you know, we see her approach Sabine. She's not a Jedi. She's not. She's she's a white force being, you know. She's like a magician. She, she's Gandalf the White. Yeah. She's Ahsoka the White, let's be honest. She's the, beyond the, the staff. And 
she he's, he's bringing Sabine along for the ride to go and find Ezra. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if Ezra pops up in The Last Jedi? Uh, episode 9. I can't imagine that happening. I'd love that to happen, personally. Would you? Yeah. Would you? Put Kylo Ren in his place. I know so? I'm a massive Kylo Ren fan, so it's very... No. Well, it depends on what he's learned in the Outer Rings, let's be honest. Well, they've got to get four seasons out of something else. Well, we've got the new <laughs> series coming along. Uh, the live action. The live action series with yeah. John Favreau. Is obviously, that's a, a new involvement that's come out this week. Um, we've obviously got other things in the pipeline that are coming through from... Lucasfilm. Yeah. Uh, I think so it, a certain trademark has been made on website. Domain what is it? The Resistance, right? It's, it's Resistance. Yeah, yeah. yeah and if you watch the the Star Wars shows, you said there was a very big hint towards it, and then there was a tweet put out where it said, yeah. "Time to start again." Yeah. And you sort of just you know that you've had as long as it's Dave Filoni doing it. Brilliant. Well, it is. Yeah, that's it all that matters. That's so all that matters. Yeah, I mean, and I and I for one can't wait because I think they did such a great job on, yeah. on Rebels. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's a, that's a nice way to kind of come around to, to to Rebels in particular again. And you know, let's look at let's look at the the final episode in particular. Yeah. Um, we've 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 gushed about how amazing it is. The way that it ended. I'm going to put you on the spot, here, mate. Right. Are you happy with the way it ended? Do you know what? If you'd asked me that question six months ago, I expected them to die. A bit like Rogue One. And I felt they All gone. I felt they had to die actually. I, yeah. To make sense of what I understand Star Wars to be. Interesting. Alright. However, yeah. I have become so emotionally invested, particularly in someone like Ezra Bridger. Yeah. Well, I really wanted him to survive, and I wanted Thrawn to survive. I, you know, if, if I, Thrawn was never going to die, in my opinion. He's, I always knew he was going to survive, one way or another. He has become, like we touched on this earlier, he was loved in the EU. Yeah. Dave Filoni brought him back. They've written books about him. There's a new book coming out where it's him and Vader. Right. Now, I'm like, I know that's probably going to be set prior to this, but nevertheless, he's such a big character that they can't bring him in for two seasons and then get rid of him. Yeah. You know, the way that they brought in... You mean uh, like Snake? I was gonna, well, <laughs> yeah, like Snoke, yeah, fair point. I was going to say the Inquisitor. Well, when you think I mean, of the Master Inquisitor yeah, yeah, yeah. brought in as this big, awesome bad guy that's going to go and go around and kill the Jedi. Yeah. Yeah, he gets taken out at the end of season one. Well, there's still, there's still something about are there Inquisitors out there? There are Inquisitors out there. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah it's and in the comics. what happens to them? Hmm. They're out there. Well, Vader kills half of them because they're not good enough. Yeah, but there's still some out there. Well, there are still some out there. It's an interesting way that they take it, the way they kind of intertwine the comics, the books, the way it all kind of works together. And the current arc of um, the current arc of Darth Vader in, in the Marvel comics is amazing. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I won't go into spoiler territory as some of those are quite new issues, but nevertheless, it the way that they kind of loop it all together and the way that he is with the... With the Inquisitors, mm. you know, when they fail, <laughs> it's like when we see, you know, uh, in A New Hope. Yeah. When you get fouled by Vader, he'll, he'll kill you. He'll force choke you. Yeah. You're gone. Well, that's why. That's why you know you you love Rogue One. Yeah. You got to see Vader as Vader, and you get to see Vader as Vader <clears throat> in Rebels. That was exactly where I was just about to go with that. You know, at the start of season two, mm. and the end of season two, the way that he basically just schools these guys. You know, there's there's the episode in I think it's the the Battle of Lothal or something like that. Um, episode one and two of season two, yeah. where basically he puts 
Ezra on the wall with a false push just keeps him there, dismantles Kanan, and the only reason why they get away is because a bloody ATST falls all over him. Yeah. But even then, he just picks it up and just dashes it on the floor. Yeah. And I'm thinking, this is the Vader that I've wanted is forever. This is the Vader that I've seen in the comic books. Right. There are, in, in the Marvel run currently in particular as well, but in previous Dark Horse comics, there is Vader butchering people. Yeah. Let's be honest. And we see it in in Rebels, which was a precursor for what happens in obviously in Rebels. Uh, sorry, in Rogue One. And then when he does it in Rogue One, it's, it's 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 every Star Wars dream, every Star Wars fan's dream to see him do that. Yeah. And when I saw that on Rebels, I thought, all right, here we go. This is absolutely brilliant. But simultaneously, it can't become Scooby Doo. No. Where oh they get away <laughs> again yeah, yeah, you know yeah. you know what's it so dastardly and mutley yeah, uh, yeah. catch the pigeon you can't have Darth Vader being bloody dastardly and mutley catch no, the, no, no, catch no. the rebels literally the most iconic villain exactly in because you make him weaker yeah which is why they obviously had the Inquisitors which makes a lot of sense which is then why he ends up bringing in Thrawn because yeah. he can't he he has he's got bigger things on his agenda. Yeah, um, and Tarkin's around as well. well and Tarkin's around, and, and, and Krennic's around. Yeah, you know he gets a name drop in the last couple of episodes of Rebels. When yeah, yeah I, I thought you was no, no, yeah. No, yeah. No, no, so no, no. when when I must admit when that, when he dropped Krennic, I really hoped that we'd see an animated version of him. Yeah, oh, but we didn't sadly. But again, looping it all together, tying it all together, um, we know that this is only a couple of years prior to uh, to Rogue One. Yeah, uh, and clearly Thrawn and Krennic are. Going at it for the affection of the of the emperor. Yeah, absolutely. I mean that that's you know that is the premise of the second half of the fourth series. Obviously, when we're looking at the Tie Fighters. Yeah. Imagine if those had ever been seen in their films. <sighs> yeah, exactly. Damage they could have done. Absolutely. And, and it, but it's a, it's an interesting point to to history as well when you look at what's happening in human war, where one decision has impacted something because they've gone for the Death Star. Rather than that, yeah. And if they'd gone for the Tie Fighters and fought a different type of campaign, mm. it might have worked out better. Well, yeah. I mean, well, you never know. Well, but Lafal <coughs> was left alone yeah. because they were concentrating on that and on the Death other, Star and the yeah. battles. Uh, so, yeah. I mean, and arguably, you could say that the Death Star did what it did. I mean, look at older run. Yeah, know. yeah. It, it and look what it did to um, not Jakku, um, Scarif. It absolutely tore it apart. Yeah. So. You can imagine the Emperor and Tarkin going, this is going to be, like, you know, what, what do they call it? It's the, the, the most deadliest weapon in the universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you're like, it could be, and it was going to get there, but because yeah. they take the eye off the ball somewhere else, to your point, it's going to foul. Yeah. Which makes the storyline even better. Exactly. And, yeah. and that's why I, I just want to raise the point that the technology was out there. Yeah. The opportunity to go in a different way is there, and you kind of, it kind of makes you think because you don't see such an evolution of the Tie Fighters later on, mm. and you sort of go, "Ah, oh, that's, that's why, the why. They, yeah. they were doing it." And then they just thought, "Oh, because of one incident in Canaan, obviously stopping the production." Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, completely changes Star Wars history. It does, and and there are a lot of things like this, which which is is absolutely brilliant in in here with the with the force sensitivity as well with with Ezra, because I'm sure we're going to get on to the the final scene and his ability. Yeah. To speak with creatures. Yeah, yeah, the uh, yeah the purple, the purple. I mean, we see this in the second series. Uh, Yeah, to be honest, when I saw that episode, I'm like, you want me to believe Ezra can speak to space whales? (laughs) (laughs) It's quite 
you know, let's let's call it how it is. It's quite an odd thing, you know. But we did see Anakin in the Clone Wars during yeah. the battle. Yeah, no, we I'm did not, see yeah. it. He was yeah. controlling. Yeah, and I don't point. know what that. I don't know what it was called, but I mean, that would be some. It's it's an interesting thing. But because it that he had that ability. I think it's again, it's the whole one with the Force thing, and these. I mean, these are space files that can travel through hyperspace. Ah, yes, but but hyperspace was developed because of them. Well, again, this is tying it all together, right? Right. So <laughs> it's an interesting concept, and the way that Ezra is this animal whisperer. Yeah, Do- I'll go with that. Doctor Doolittle. <laughs> <laughs> Jedi Doolittle. I don't like That's that. Harsh, right? <laughs> I don't like um, that. No, me neither. Um, he, he has this ability to, to he speaks to the effectively the Loth Cats, the Loth Wolves, yeah. uh, the Purgle. He he's he has this ability and and it's funny. When we get to the point where the the other kid, I can't remember his name, he says Ezra's giving me a secret mission. Yeah. And all of a sudden they turn up and I'm thinking Okay, this is about to get interesting, and the reason why they introduced these space whales was for a reason. Yeah. Um, and what a reason. Yeah. The way that they come in, the way that that particular scene, to your point there, mate, they they grab onto this star destroyer. We get Thrawn enveloped in these tentacles, linking back to the Bendu. The Bendu said to Thrawn, "I can see your demise." covered in many tentacles or something along yeah, those yeah, lines. Yeah, yeah. And I'm thinking, wow, you yeah. have basically nailed it bang on. Again, it's Dave Filoni tying everything together yeah, the way that he important. amazingly does. Um, and that particular scene was quite poignant because that is Can- that sorry, that is Evra's moment like Canaan. Yeah. When that happened, I thought maybe this is the way that Ezra's going to die. Because you know, for in the New Hope, we are led to believe that Luke is a New Hope. He's the only Jedi mm-hmm. left, other than Obi Wan and, and Yoda. So I was thinking, okay, if he goes now, yeah. he's gone in a, a blaze of glory. He's taken down Thrawn with him. Me thinking Thrawn has to survive somehow along the line, and then obviously we know that Ezra lives. But the way that he orchestrates everything from the whole plan of setting the bombs off to taking off this ship that we didn't know was a ship. Yeah. Um, you know, we had this conversation off air um, where we saw this mini Death Star take off in the middle of Lothal. Amazing. Who knew that was a ship? No one. Nobody no one knew that was a ship. And it's a great way that it... But it's it was hi- obvious as well. That's, hi- that's the thing. You think, how could they have built that in six months? Hiding in plain it's, sight. It's, it's, yeah. It's hiding in plain sight. Yeah. It's fantastic. Um, but that, that season finale for me hit the spots. Yeah, I agree. All the way through. And, and yeah. the thing was, which was interesting, of course, about the final series was, it wasn't one episode a week. No. And so, what you had in the first few series was, um, you'd have small character arcs and developments, and then you'd have standalone, not filler episodes. They were standalone. filler. Some of them All right, were. Some of them yeah, were some filler. Of them okay. were filler yeah. But what you had with the final series was one yeah. continued story. And because they doubled up the episodes... It made it better. Made it better. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Made it better. It made um, it um, cinematic. Yeah, and we're in a binge watching generation now, where we can go. And God bless Netflix. We want to see. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But that's what we want, and that and that's yeah. when you go back and actually you watch the Clone Wars. Now, I think you get a different perspective if mm. you can watch five episodes together than you do if you watch one week a week, one watch. And that and that, I think that as a British fan of Star Wars, that annoys me. 
Yeah. Disney XD in the UK is only showing these episodes week by week, even though Disney XD in the States show two back to back. So I'm like, why? What? What's the deal? You know, there there have been often times where the UK, in my opinion, uh, and Dave agrees with this, where sometimes the, the the US get a lot more biased stuff than we do in the UK. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm going to use Celebration as an example. Celebration in 2015 when it was in London. Yeah. 2016. Well, either way, well, the last time it was in London in 2015, the way that Celebration was positioned is this is this gathering of Star Wars fans. It's this positioning of everyone coming together. Um, but ultimately, there was a lot of stuff that should have happened in Celebration that they ended up saving it to Comic Con. Yeah. Some of the announcements, some of the characters, some of the this, and I'm thinking the, the products, the the exclusives. The UK and Europe, as it were, kind of got left behind a little bit. Yeah. And that happens more often. Yeah, but we, we sometimes the British are, are a product of our own negativity in that respect. <laughs> what, what I mean by that is is that if we were in America, I don't think Elstree Studio would be as left alone as it is right now. Mm. I've been there, yeah. and you walk along those streets and you suddenly see, oh my gosh, there's some pictures here of something that happened here. A long time ago, yeah, and you see something like this is the George Lucas soundstage. You yeah. think, oh my god, this is where it happened. Yeah, and then you you know you can go to Shepperton, you can do go to Pinewood, you can even go to Leavesden where that Harry Potter film series was yeah. filmed. Yeah. I was there just a couple of weeks ago, and I was like, oh, what we, they filmed some of this here? The Harry Potter experience there was amazing. Well, exactly, but yeah, all of yeah. these materials are now in the UK; they're not in America. That yeah yeah the experience side of things is that is very and, true. and that and that's what I mean by we we, we sometimes yeah we don't know how to commercialize and make something out of this. I mean look what look what Disney are doing with Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland and Disney World. Well, exactly. When Star Wars Land, as I, as I like to call it, comes to fruition, yeah, it's going to be massive. Yeah, and and obviously the announcement yeah. in Paris now. Yeah, the fact they're having to start a mini Star Wars Land there as well. Yeah, exactly. You know. And here where all the films are made. And literally, yeah. they're going to have all these props in about two or three years' time. Yeah. You wonder what's going to happen with them. If they bring out a Star Wars exhibit, yeah. you know, when they had the... Um... Did you go to the one at the O2? No, I missed it. Oh, I went. It was no, brilliant. I couldn't go. Oh, okay. uh, well, it's not. It was here for like nine months. And I was always thinking, oh, yeah, I've got loads of time. I've got yeah, loads yeah, of time. Yeah. And then when it was the last week I was on holiday, I am thinking, I'm not actually going to get to see it. I, I can't tell you just yeah. how amazing that was to walk around yeah. and see all the costumes of those people that you grew up in. You you were like five, six, seven. Yeah, you totally. Yeah, yeah. And you just go, oh my gosh, that's yeah. Well, it, that is, that's a lightsaber. Yeah. And you've seen like 20 lightsabers yeah. and you see them all different. You're like, oh my gosh. You see the handles and everything. Yeah. And the yeah, very last yeah, thing you yeah. turn around and you see the costume of Dave Prowse and, <laughs> and you just think, oh my yeah. gosh. So we we are yeah. we are we get it we, we do yeah we do I I just I just yeah, there's some I things that we don't get it's annoying as, but some, as as two of the most pro American people that absolutely I know, yeah 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 you know yeah. I, I I do see what you're saying and I yeah. do think that but we don't help ourselves that's a very good point <laughs> that is a very good point um, and also when you look at I suppose when you look at Star Wars um, at the moment in both Disney World and Disneyland you got the landing bay areas that have props. Uh, models they have designs of concept art they have um, you know the uniforms and, and, and the sculptures and whatnot from each of the films so again there's always this new stuff that's coming out so maybe maybe we'll get something over here I don't yeah. know but I mean think about this we can literally jump on a plane and in an hour we'll be in Skeleton Michael 
Ja, ja. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I want to at the moment. No, I don't. I, know, I, I, I joke. I joke. <laughs> but I'm just, I, I'm just no, saying. I'm just to. saying. Anyone who's American doesn't get that. Yeah, no, that's very true. No, a couple of hours we can be in Tatooine to a certain extent as well. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. Um, and looping that back to Rebels, um, it, it it's an interesting thing because we have. Many of the Star Wars films, especially the new ones, they jump around from location to location. Yeah. Yet Rebels, for the most part, was all in Lothal. Yeah. Yeah. Which was an interesting twist. Yeah. Um, and even when you look at things like in The Last Jedi in particular, they went to four, maybe five planets. Yeah. Um, give or take. Um, even in Force Awakens, they jumped around a bit. Um, and even in the original, well, the original, the original trilogy, they went to a few Source as well. Of, yeah. You know. So there's always been the movement and the. the widening yeah. of the universe. It's never been like a domiciled place. Like, like you yeah. know, we know from the films, Coruscant's out there and it's yeah. this amazing place. I was actually surprised that this didn't go out Coruscant. I did. I thought Because it when be you there. think how prominent it was in the Clone Wars, yeah, and even the se- in the prequel trilogy, it was so prominent. It was the, the, the house, it was the Senate, it was this, it was, I know Jedi Council, uh, sorry, the Jedi Temple is, was, is no longer. But there was so much there yeah. That they could. Uh, could you imagine if you'd have had a scene with Kanan and Ezra oh. running around Coruscant? Oh, it would have been like Obi Wan and Anakin. That's exactly what I was exactly thinking. Exactly, would have been like, it would have been amazing. Yeah, <laughs> but, but that's, you don't want your death. Sticks. Exactly, <laughs> <laughs> you want to rethink your life. Um, so I think that I mean, again, there was so much done with Lothal anyway. Yeah, but it was interesting the way that became this linchpin from from an Empire perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in a way, but then again, it was so kind of far removed yeah. that. Yeah, I, but I, I think it's actually oddly essential because we're in a time now where there is so much Star Wars. Yeah. There is so much Star Wars, and it's quite nice to be domiciled in one place. Because we were talking earlier about Battlefront 2, for example, yeah. and that jumps all over the place. It jumps timelines. Time as well, right? Yeah, and, yeah. and so, you know, it's, it's kind of nice just to think this is happening in this place. We have our first small victory, which I yeah. know is controversial because of the opening script of A New Hope, yeah. where they've just had their first victory. Which yeah. Apparently that well, happened like ages, yeah, years yeah, before. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's because, you know, it was sort of on the side. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't care. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but, yeah, exactly. but, but, it, but it was really good to see that this is one place where something's happening really big. Yeah. The seeds of the rebellion. Where there is Jedi, yeah, where yeah, yeah. where it's it's always interesting as well about why if that Jedi Temple was so important and they were so close to cracking it, yeah, why was Palpatine not there? Well, he clearly had a meeting at the Senate yet to attend to. <laughs> <laughs> there was no yeah, Senate. No, no there wasn't. <laughs> Did you see what I mean? Yeah, so so yeah. it's it, it's interesting about this. Because you are not talking about one place, you're talking about a massive picture at this point. Well, controlled, yeah, yeah. controlled by fear. Absolutely. Well, that's what the, that's what they prayed on, right? Yeah. Um, and the emperor has always had that that way of working that the, the the perception that power is makes you better and bigger and stronger and whatnot. Um, ironically, for such a looking like a quite weak old man. Yeah. You know? um, but to your point around that Jedi temple, and again, we're going to jump back into the season finale here. When we see the picture of Mortis, yeah, on the wall, oh. that for me, when I saw it in the trailer. I thought maybe it's just a callback or, or something along those lines. And we know that Dave Filoni was instrumental in the Clone Wars and, and these storylines were driven by him and George Lucas. We know that. When I saw that painting on the wall in the trailer, I was thinking, 
Okay, this is going to be interesting. I don't understand where they're going to go. You know, we, we just assumed that Kanan and Ezra were the last two Jedis, right? We didn't know Ahsoka was still alive, because at that point, she wasn't. No, she wasn't. Um, and then all of a sudden, the picture moves. Yeah. When it moved, because Ezra touched it, I'm thinking, ooh, where are you going to go with this? Yeah. And then obviously that opens up the world to the other world, as yeah, it were. Because the walls move and create the circle. Yeah. Um, and but it's ironic that it's Ezra that touches the hand of the it's sun hard. to move it. Yeah. 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 So again, going back to the you know the, the imagery, the symbolism and whatnot. Yeah. Um, yet it closes when he touches the hand of the door. Yeah. Yeah. Or is it the other way around? Or is it the other way around? Um, either way, he he kind of has this false ability to to close it, to, to wrap it all up. Um, and to your point earlier on, he is that conduit to the access to that area. Yeah. But Palpatine, to, to your to your question around why isn't he there? Who knows? Do you know what else Ezra is though? He's a nobody. He is a nobody. He's a nobody. He's a nobody. He can, He's like Ray. That's what I was going to say. He can yeah. open that world and he's a nobody. See, yeah, that's a, that's a really interesting point, you know. When, uh, we're jumping into the last Jedi here again, but when that, when we are very fresh though, it's hard not to yeah, put it's still Yeah, it was only, uh, it's only been out for three months, hasn't it? Yeah. Um, when you look at the way that Ray was positioned as that nobody, I, you know, guys, you can refer back to, to our first podcast from the, from the Jedi Council where I said, I hope she is a nobody. Because, all where everybody is always related in Star Wars for some unknown reason. Uh, it's just the way it is. Yeah. So when she was a nobody, first thing that I thought was, yes, I'm right, but the way it was delivered in the movie let me down. But to your point, Ezra is a nobody, and nobody has even stirred that he's a nobody. He's yeah. a street rat. He's yeah. a bum. I remember when, when, when this first came out, yeah. a lot of people compared him to Aladdin. Yeah, it's a Disney movie. He had the floppy yeah, hair. Yeah, um, An unlikable character in many ways. Exactly, and he used to rob. Yeah, he would he would thieve. He would steal to, to basically live. Yeah, and Ray's exactly the same. Exactly. Yeah, she's a scavenger, and I think that people just ignored it in Rebels because it's a kids show. Yeah. But you stick it in a movie, and all of a sudden it's sacrosanct. It's yeah. this thing that you should not know. She has to be related to Obi Wan Kenobi. She has to be related to Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Why? Ezra isn't an Ezra Kenobi. He's not an Ezra you say, Skywalker. You saying Ezra's race dad? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. <laughs> just checking, just checking. I hadn't even thought about that. Did you not? No. Why not? It never occurred to me. No? No, not at all. Uh, I, I took a it nobody? as nobody? Yeah. With a nobody? Yeah, but if, if she is the daughter of Ezra, then mm. she's not a nobody. Because well, everyone knows, well, I'm still convinced she's yeah. a movie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, that's a convinced. whole conversation. But anyway, yeah. that that is for the the closure third episode where I'm sure we're going to draw Dave and I. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, having a, yeah, a we'll, thoroughly we'll, good discussion on that one. <laughs> um, but it's one of those things that no, I, I genuinely didn't piece the concept of him being raised. That it just didn't occur to me whatsoever. Yeah. And I hope that isn't. Oh, could you imagine that episode nine? Ezra rocks up. I'm your father. It's a whole Darth Vader moment all over again. I'll take JJ Abrams. He loves going from previous material. It won't surprise me if Ahsoka, <laughs> Ahsoka turned out to be your mum. Oh, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> it, that, that. Or, or Sabine Wren. Well, it, Sabine and Ezra's kid. Yeah. That's weird. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's possible. I we've don't think it's likely. We've, we've digressed again. Well, sorry. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've managed to do it for now on 20 minutes of Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So, yeah. Oh, wow, that is... Okay. So, <laughs> so, guys, you know, you've been with us for the last hour and 23 minutes as we wax lyrical uh, about Rebels. You know, as you can see, we are big fans yeah, uh, of the show. Um, I am conscious of time and to make sure that we can wrap up in a... A timely manner. Okay, well then, perhaps I should ask you some questions. Then. Oh, go on then, 20 questions, go well, for it. Well, okay, so what do you want to see as the next stage? Where do you see it going? So we've seen this ending, which I think is pretty open-ended. It's very open-ended. And it allows the expanded universe through comics, through video games even, yeah, yeah. To, and probably we'll end up with a game on our iPhone at some point. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, does, where's this, where do you want to see it go? From a character perspective or story perspective, yeah, Ezra. I, I'd love to see more of him in a, in, a, in a book. Yeah. Perhaps you know I'm a big fan of the literature that gets done by um, like Del Rey and whoever it is that does the publishing and whatnot. Um, it would be good to see the search for Ezra by Sabine. Mm-hmm. You know she's obviously off on a journey uh, with Gandalf the White. Yeah. Um, you know he was off searching for a ring. We've got Sabine searching for a. Um, Jedi. <laughs> for a Jedi, you know, uh, for a yeah. lightsaber. Yeah. So, no, I, I genuinely, seriously would like to see some of that, whether that be in an animated show, whether that be in a live-action show. Um, as long as it isn't the trilogy that, Jay, that Ryan Johnson is making. We know he's making a trilogy of some point Stand in time. <sighs> Everything's connected in Star Wars. But wouldn't it be nice just to focus on it, another planet? And a I'd love it. I, you know, there's a lot of rumours around that do people want you know, Star Wars, some of that Jedi, this, that, and the other. And I, for me, Star Wars is bigger than the Jedi and the Sith, but ultimately it's kind of what sculpts the Star Wars universe. Yeah. Because without the Jedi and the Sith, we don't get the Empire. Yeah. Ultimately. But there is no Jedi and Sith anymore. Well, exactly. Unless you go a thousand years in the past. Yeah. Where you start looking at things like Darth Bane. Yeah. You know, I would love to see, if, if I'm thinking completely blue sky here. Yeah, I would, I'd like um, to see blue sky. I would love them to do something with a Darth Bane character. Yeah, me too. I've me I've too. read the trilogy. I thoroughly enjoyed it. He is the man when it comes to the rule of two. He's canon, you know. As, as we touched on earlier, he is ca- he's a canon character. Um, I don't want to see anything for Yoda. I'm happy with him. As yeah, he is, he, he's an old Jedi. He's a, he's a wise old master. That's fine. I don't need his backstory. Um, Boba Fett, perhaps. Yeah. I'm a massive Boba Fett fan. So there's a new there's a number of things that I'd like to see, but if we if we're focusing on just the rebels characters, or yeah. you thinking the story as a whole? Well, there's a small child we've not spoken about. Yeah, is he full sensitive? Well, that's what I was going to say. Could is you... he? I'm sure you're going to say what I was going to say. On. No, no, you do. It. I was going to say, is he the kid that can uh, mess around with the broomstick at the end of the set of Last Jedi? I wasn't going <laughs> to say that. I was going to say, is he one of the kids Luke finds and kills, perhaps? Or maybe not kids. Or not. Yeah. Uh, you see where I'm well, going? Well, we just need to know if he's full sensitive, <laughs> number one. Yeah, but, but he could be one of the Knights of Ren. Ooh. That could be interesting. Well, because some of those kids... Yeah, they had found, to go with him. Yeah, and yeah. if you were going to look well, anywhere... Well, we don't even know what's going to happen with the Knights of Ren because Ryan Johnson completely ignored them. Well, good. <laughs> well, good news. They're actually out there then. Well, they're still there. <laughs> well, clearly, they're doing something. Uh, but no, that's an interesting concept. I hadn't, again, not even, not even considered in my mind. Yeah, because uh, I, I I do think that we are in for a lot of connectivity I mean, with this new film trilogy 
and if it is called the Resistance, because yeah. I think I think what Disney are masters of is they've probably looked at what happened in the film and said, "Oh gosh, this hasn't worked for everyone. Yeah, we need to connect this up." And just to, just to quickly jump back to your comment about the kid, yeah, it's thirty years later. He's too young, so he can't. He could be in a grown-up version of the Knights of Ren. But I mean, when you think of Kylo Ren, he's still like mid twenties at least. Yeah. This kid was born a couple of years after Return of the Jedi, so he's. But that's, got... but that's assuming that they're all. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, that assumes that he's, if, if you so imagine that Kylo is the is the oldest. Yeah, but I don't think I think this kid would be older than what Kylo Ren would be in the films because of the way that it's positioned at the end of the show. He's a grow. He's he must be approaching like five or 11. six. Yeah, I think it's 11, that's what they said, 10 to 11. The kid in Rebels, yeah. yeah. So in another 30 years, he's in his 40s. Yeah, that's true. So he could be Snunk. Oh, could you oh. imagine? <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh, there we go, expanded we're, universe. We're oh. setting the rumour mill of light here today, oh, guys. There you go. Annex theory, Snoke is the kid of Kanan and Hera. Yeah. <laughs> That would be weird. That would be weird. Well, he, the thing is, when you look at Snoke, Snoke isn't a, a general humanoid appearance. He's not a you know he doesn't look like he's from Corellia or Coruscant or anything. Yeah. He he's a high he's a, he's not a hybrid. That's the wrong word. He sounds like a car. Uh, he's, he's 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 a, a new creature. He's a mixed race yeah. humanoid and a twilight. Yeah. yeah. So you haven't said his name yet, which I'm waiting for you to say. Oh, Jason. Yeah, yeah that, oh. <laughs> I've been trying to lead you down yeah. this path because oh. I know you've read the books. I, have. I know that you will have opinions on this, and that name is Danger. Again, why not? He could be Snoke. We know what happened to Jason Solo in in the expanded universe. Yeah, we know he was trained by Luke as a Jedi. Yeah, we knew. We know that he failed. Effectively, went to the dark side and became Darth Cadus. He was this awesome Jedi at one point, and then. Went to the dark side. Um, and, you know, if this kid is called Jason, again, if he is full sensitive, why not? You know, we could have the adventures of Jason Sendula, um, which I think he is known as, actually. Yeah. He's not Jason Doom. Doom. <laughs> That'd be weird. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, we've got we've got this interesting child of the Force, potentially. Yeah, potentially. Oh, full sensitive, he's not of the Force. But no. um, he could become this... Awesome yeah. Jedi. Why not? Well, because yeah. Luke's, Luke's alone at this point, so he's not going to be out there scavenging yeah. everywhere. Exactly. He's going to be looking for bloodlines, and you can never know. Ray may end up going to find him. Could do. You know, if 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 we believe that Ezra is still alive, yeah, at some point, if this Jason Sindula is still alive and full sensitive, there is easily the opportunity to bring them into the Last Jedi. Yeah. Or even Ezra comes back and trains him as a Jedi. Yeah. Where he becomes the Canaan. Yeah. You know, there's all these opportunities. And again, certain things that I'd like to see, that would be absolutely amazing. You know, this kid has been introduced for what, 30 seconds, and already I've just spent the last five minutes talking about yeah. what he could become. Well, that's, why, <laughs> that, that's what I think Disney in, in the Star Wars are really good at, is, is um, paying off. Yeah. Long, and then it would be a great payoff to the fans of Rebels yeah. to see these characters on the big screen. I completely agree. Doing what you sort of think they could do. Yeah. I mean, like I say, if we see Ahsoka in the next film, I think the entire cinema would erupt. Around. Yeah, it would, it wouldn't would, it? Everyone would, would get up and go. Absolutely. Yeah. And so mm. I, I, I think to an extent. Ahsoka is a massive fan favourite. Yeah. Mm. Which she wasn't at the beginning. Yeah, that she had, yeah, yeah. Snips had a lot of beef, uh, yeah. which is interesting. But I think it was because again that the people didn't understand how the character was going to be 
part of the storyline. We knew Anakin fell with just everybody just just assumed it was yeah. called Padme. Yeah. But there was a numerous amount of things. And I, I do I do think it is it is important to recognise as well just how much Rebels did go the way you wanted it to. Absolutely. So you you know, when when we had a fog I, I remember reading some fan forums at the time, people saying, Is it a soaker? Yeah. But sort of whispering it, because everyone thought <clears throat> it's funny and then she turns up oh, yeah. and then and then you see Vader yeah. you see him in a certain way yeah. and then you know as, as the story continues you start getting more and more fan favourites you start yeah. getting rewarding people who are who are big fans yeah yeah, and you know it's it, it's casual enough for an observer who's sort of just only watching the series, which there are kids out yeah, there. Yeah, oh totally. Who yeah. Rebels yeah. is Star Wars. It's the first introduction to the franchise. Exactly. Every, everyone's Star Wars is always their first. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which sounds really obvious, but you know my my little nephew is four. Yeah. His introduction to Star Wars was me giving him a Yoda bath toy. So he sees a green little alien. It's yeah. a Yoda. Yeah, that's his introduction to Star Wars. Yeah. It isn't a TV show. It's not anything like that. Yeah. So whether that be pajamas or a t-shirt or a, you know, and if if you buy a kid or even a grown-up, let's be honest, I'm wearing a Star Wars t-shirt now. Um, something with Star Wars on it, it's always going to be their first introduction, and how that is then positioned and can kind of influence the way they appreciate the, mm. the, the franchise and what they do with it. So mm. exactly, mm. exactly. It's all it's all good, isn't it? It's all good. And I think I think what else it's done is. I think particularly for someone like you, who may have been a bit disappointed with certain films. Just the one. You're excited again, aren't you? Um, you're, I, I, well, you're, you're, let's be honest. You're excited about where Rebels goes after this. I'm you? very excited where it can go, because there's so many I mean. opportunities. But so it invigorates yeah, the universe. Again. I think the thing with, the, the with again, just touching on The Last Jedi, clearly, guys, you know in my opinion, I'm, I'm not the biggest fan. Um, but what, what I have noticed is I will still buy the Blu-ray. I will still buy the DVD. Which is I what? still own I still own a T-shirt with the Praetorian Guards on. Yeah, you know I. I You're not I've bought into it. <laughs> well, I will tell you, to a certain extent I am because if you give me a bad movie and I still buy the product, I'm a great fan. <laughs> that, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Whereas they'd rather have yeah. someone who only just watches the film and buys the product as well. Exactly. So I'm. I'm this. You're, you're entrenched. I, I, I'm, I'm brainwashed. Sorry, Jay, prepare for this. <laughs> yeah, I'm brainwashed. Uh, no, I am. I, I, I love the franchise. Uh, I'm excited about what's going to happen with Solo. Um, we've, we've not even touched on that. I'm actually a lot more excited the about that than really I was. Yeah, totally. You know, when the, that dropped in the Super Bowl, I thought, wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, you know, it, the, the way that Rebels ended, what is coming up in May with, with Solo, I'm totally looking forward to what's on the horizon. Yeah. Um, knowing that we have more. It's funny, I had a quite interesting conversation the other day about the saturation of Star Wars. Yeah. Some people think there's too much. Yeah. For me, there can never be too much unless it's done right. Well, I, th- I, think, I think there can be too much if it gets to a point where you have to know every single bit of it to make sense of it, which is what they've avoided at the minute. There are parts of that, to be because fair. You yeah. need to, because what, what they've done with the films in particular is you can just only watch them yeah. and get what's going on. You won't, <clears throat> For the most you won't part, get yeah. the nuances, yeah, but, but yeah. you can watch that. What they're in danger of is going down where if you don't play the game, yeah. if you don't read the comic book, if you don't watch the cartoon series, yeah. Yeah. then, you know... You miss... I mean, there are bits and pieces to your point where, like, if, if the first Star Wars film you ever saw was Force Awakens and you saw Kylo Ren holding Darth Vader's mask, you'd be like, who's that? What, what is that? What's that got to do with anything? So yeah. there are, to your point, there are little things. But to the converse of that, there are things that are happening like in the, the Kanan comic book series that Marvel did. 
they did a shot of him as a youngster, how he was a Padawan, how it was the turn from Order 66. And you saw that and you kind of understood. And if you read the book of A New Dawn, you understand the relationship, how it grew between Hera and Kanan. To your point, you can watch Rebels and think, all right, they're a couple. It's all good. But you then know the backstory and you think, all right, so she said that's because of this. So she now understands it. And like the comment when um, in the episode where he shaves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great note, symbolism. Note to self, don't use a knife to shave. That looks really horrible. Yeah, um, don't, don't do it. But he... he Mind you, with your old floppy hair, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> <laughs> In joke there, for the benefit of the listeners. Uh, um, <clears throat> moving on. Um, but the way that... He had floppy hair and a ponytail. Don't knock it. Um, <laughs> the, way, the, way that, the way that he cut it... I think Hero actually turns around and says to him something along the lines of... I haven't seen you like this for a while yeah, yeah, or something yeah. like that, which makes you think that that's how he potentially looked in Before. the book. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, so, when, but, but yeah. So did she actually know that he was a Jedi back then or was he even hiding it from her? So in the book, there are displays of his Jedi powers that she's a bit like, whoa, like a false push. Yeah. Stuff like that. She, he never got his lightsaber out, but his reaction was super quick to deal with stuff. Okay. So there was hinting of what he did, but I don't think it ever alluded to that he was in the book. I can't, I've not read it in a few years. But, but. isn't that, isn't that just prove our point exactly? Yeah, yeah, You've exactly. you read the expanded yeah. universe in that area. Yeah, yeah. I haven't. But you still yet, pick it up anyway. And we still pick yeah. it up anyway. Yeah. But you, you know those little the things tiny that bits. I don't. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, you know, guys, I think that we, it's a pretty good point to wrap up, I think. I think so. With, with, Talk the hell out of this show. We, you know, you can tell by the enthusiasm that we've shown that we both are massive fans of Rebels. I'm, I for one, am disappointed that it's not going to continue. Yeah, I agree. Um, I agree. I think they cut it short in a way, which is unbelievable in a way. Well, I mean, you know, with the way that the way that Disney cut short Clone Wars, yeah, very short. Let's be honest. You know, they were still producing their, uh, series six. Yeah, the way that they did that. Then they brought in Rebels, almost not necessarily straight away, but pretty close. Yeah. I thought this is going to be something that they're going to run with. Now, they was always working within a short time frame anyway, let's yeah. be honest. If you're yeah. starting a show that is only like four or five years prior to A New Hope, yeah. there's only a certain place it can go. Then all of a sudden you introduce Rogue One. Yeah. Again, now Rogue One was pretty much in development, I would say, at the start when Rebels kicked off as well. So there's always going to be this overlap. Yeah. So I think they were working within a short time frame. So it was never going to be a seven, eight, nine series type of show. But I think after four, for me, it's still a little bit too short. Especially considering the way that it was going. Let's take Clone Wars as another example. Clone Wars is this show that is growing. There was so much more happening as, as it developed. And when it got to season five, it was a, a very, very good Star Wars show. Yeah. It encompassed the world the way that you should have done. And Rebels were getting to that... Was it to that level? I, I, think, it was, I think it was a sophisticated to a point. level. To a point. Yeah. yeah. It, it was, wasn't as sophisticated, but it was getting there. That's what I mean. It I was, don't know if it ever ma- kind of match it, yeah. but it was very enjoyable. But I think we're talking about different budgets and a lack of George Lucas. Uh, both. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> Which is ironic considering Disney have got so much money to throw at stuff, but anyway. Yeah, 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 yeah. So guys, we have been talking for an hour and 38 minutes uh, about Rebels... Last Jedi, Clone Wars, all the trilogies, because the way that this show has brought everything together is a bit of a melting pot. Exactly, yeah. And, and I mean, I am so infused for the future mm. because of this. And yeah. and I just, I would, I could go and sit down and watch them all again right now. 
Absolutely. Because it's that good. Yeah, I'd agree with it's that. that. Same good. with the Clone Wars. You know, I've got the Clone Wars on Blu-ray. Um, I've actually got a list that Star Wars provided to watch it in canonical order. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah. So if you have all the, if you have even up to the Lost Missions, if you have all six, there is a way to watch them in chronological order. Um, starting with, because actually the film isn't the first one. No. So there are episodes that happen before the film. Yeah. They involve the clones, and then it kind of leads on. Yeah. Uh, so it's an amazing way that they've done that, and there is a list to, to watch it. Um, I'll send it to you. <laughs> so one day, is that what you're going to do? You're going to sit down. You're going to have <clears throat> films, well, rebels, Clone Wars, and you're going to sit there. Well, I've done the movies back to back. I've done that. I've well. done. Bef- so when I've done the six. When the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy and the prequel trilogy, so he came out on Blu-ray for the very first time. In like 2013, 14, whenever it was, yeah. I took the day off work. Yeah, it was a Monday. Yeah, I got delivered it from Amazon. Yeah, like first the postman, eight o'clock in the morning, and I watched all of them back to back. I did it before Revenge of the Sith. Oh, okay. I watched. Yeah, I was at university yeah. and we watched all five before yeah. going to the cinema. Because still, okay, still one yeah. of the best days of my life. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, the, the reason why, because obviously the thing with the Blu-ray editions is, is that they made tweaks to yeah. the original. Obviously, yeah. we had the special editions, and then they brought out the Blu-ray. That was my Star Wars day. Yeah. yeah, my wife thought I was a yeah. bit of a loser. She still does. Yeah, uh, <laughs> my it. girlfriend too. But you know, <laughs> nevertheless, uh, it's, it's how we enjoy these. And I think as, as a nice wrap-up, I'd love to do that. Sit yeah. down. I could happily watch Rebels. Yeah, because it's such a decent show. Again, quite quite disappointed. Uh, so as a wrap up, I'm going to put you on the spot again. Can you remember your favourite episode? Do you know what? I think it was the last one. I think I'd agree with that. And 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 that is so satisfying to say. Yeah. Because so often yeah. you are disappointed by how it the ends. Finale. But yeah. no, it built up yeah, to that yeah, climax yeah. and it delivered. Yeah, I think if it isn't the finale, it's Jedi Knight, the end of Canaan. Yeah, the way that it was done, sacrifice. I, I, I didn't cry, but I was gla- I was glass-eyed a little bit. I was thinking, oh my god, this this is a TV show. It's a kids show. Why is it making me feel this way? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. again, to your point earlier on, it's because you're so emotionally engrossed. Uh, and those two episodes for me were my my favorite. And Vader fighting the Soaker, right? The Vader's episodes are out on their own. <laughs> <laughs> the Vader and the Maul episodes are out on their own. I thought, I thought, I thought that. <laughs> so guys, you know, listen, hopefully you've enjoyed the podcast. Uh, we will be back with more. We're starting to start produce a lot more now, which is good. We are going to do a wrap up of The Last Jedi, which we'll get into these again, I'm yeah. sure. And we'll keep referencing to these. And there's a photo you promised. There is. There's something for Dave that I'm going to stick up on Twitter. Um, Ali, some closing thoughts, mate. Final thoughts on Rebels. I just, I, I just want to say that it, it is, it is to me something that has become a, a, a deeply personal thing, in that I have found some characters that I, I did struggle initially to really get behind because they were completely new, yeah. and by the end, they felt like they were a family, they were a team, they were friends. You'd grown with them throughout this, yeah. and it was an opportunity to feel a bit younger than you used to. <laughs> and I loved yeah. it. I loved it. Yeah. I loved it. And I was so satisfied with just yeah. the way it ended. I, I think it's the same for me. You know, the way that Rogue One ended, there was always that assumption that they would, all the characters would die for yeah. the most part. Um, and for me, there was, a, there was an assumption for me that it would be the same. I thought, we know that there are no Jedi. Arguably we do now. 
Um, but ultimately, I was thinking, and then Rogue One came out. I thought, okay, so some of the characters are going to survive, but ultimately, I thought that more of them would meet their end. Yeah. But I'm so glad that they didn't. Me too. It opens it up. It does give you a bit more understanding of the future and what can happen. Yeah. Um, and for me, Rebels was a great addition to the Star Wars universe. Agreed. Is that the wrap-up? That is the wrap-up. And on that note, guys, don't forget, we are the Jedi Council. Uh, we are here to discuss everything and anything Star Wars. Don't forget to find us on Twitter, Instagram. We are www.the-jedi-council.com, I think it is. Um, I always get that wrong, and Dave normally pulls me up on that. Um, so look out for us. We are around. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you want to hear from Ali on anything else, you're on Twitter. Yeah, AliClark84. Thank you very much for that. Ali's obviously going to be uh, a, f- a frequent visitor, hopefully, to the I podcast so, yeah. as well. Thank fun. you very much for making your debut Delighted. with us today. Uh, we're going to get Ali back on a few more podcasts for sure. Uh, it's been wonderful having yeah. this conversation. And watch out, Dave. I am coming for you over that last film. I promise you, <laughs> oh, man. read that article, Dave. I think I might have to be a referee in that. Uh, but anyway, guys, don't forget, we are the Jedi Council. Thank you very much for spending your hour and 45 minutes with us. Uh, we look forward to speaking to you guys again. Don't forget, check us out on SoundCloud. We're on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review. We only want five stars. We don't want anything less than that. No pressure. Um, awesome. And remember, the force will be with you. Oh,